Hi and welcome back to Monsters Are People, I'm your host Cece. Today we'll be covering the case of Kate Bushell who was a 14 year old girl who was murdered in 1997. The information I use in this podcast can be found online and I did use the devoncornwallpolice.uk site heavily for this podcast. They include pictures and videos there so if you're really interested in this case I suggest you start there because it was a really good source for information. This episode will not be very long as there isn't too much information out there but I still wanted to cover it because it's just so sad to me that 23 years later this girl has still not had her killer held responsible. And that is just so sad to me. Her killer has basically been able to go on with his life and continue living life like he had done nothing wrong. As always this case does contain sensitive issues so if you're not interested in hearing this type of content I suggest you click off now. Kate was a 13 year old girl who lived in Exwick, Devon and she attended St Thomas High School. She lived in a house with her mum, Suzanne, her dad, Jerry, and her older brother, Tim. Kate has been described as popular and funny and bright by those who knew her, and she has a good set of friends. The family's world would, however, change on the 15th of November, 1997. It started off just as a normal Saturday for the family. Kate and her mum went out shopping to get Tim a birthday present, as he would shortly be turning 16, which is quite a big birthday over here. She had bought him a Simpson magazine as well as herself a new CD. Once they returned home, Kate went upstairs into her bedroom so that she could get on with some of her homework. At around 4.30pm, Kate told her family she was about to walk the neighbour's dog. Kate would do this often to help out while the neighbours were away. Her usual route took around 20 minutes to complete and she seemed to really enjoy the responsibility. So Kate fetched Gemma, the terrier Jack Russell, and headed out on her walk. As it got later, Kate's parents began to worry. Remember, this is November in the UK, so it gets dark pretty early over here. No one would like the thought of their teenager being out alone in the dark, especially if she wasn't home when they expected. At around 6.45, the family phoned the police for help in finding their missing daughter, and her dad, Jerry, went out to search for her. Jerry took a flashlight as it was dark by now. He decided to walk the route he knew she was planning on taking. Sadly, while walking, it didn't take Jerry long before he spotted the dog that Kate had been walking. Gemma was sitting not far from Kate's lifeless body. Her trousers were pulled down and her throat had been viciously cut. I honestly couldn't even imagine finding something that traumatic, let alone having that happen to your innocent little girl. The whole community was completely shocked that something like this could happen in their town. The police acted immediately and there hasn't been much bad said about the police in this investigation. They seem to have worked tirelessly to try and find the person responsible and it's a shame that now, 23 years later, Kate still hasn't had justice. Although the case is by no means cold. They still get tips to this day of people hoping their bit of knowledge could help. And really, all it takes is one piece of information to complete the puzzle. The police set up Operation Deacon, which is the investigation into Kate's murder. The police have even got a group of detectives to re-examine the evidence in 2017 on the 20th anniversary, hoping to find something that may help crack the case. This has brought some new leads and potential suspects have been identified, but no one has been charged as of yet. Although this is an old case, it's by no means cold. The police received over 200 calls and messages in 2017, following the appeal that they made. The police have revealed some information to see if it would help the public to come forward with a suspicion, including the timeline of the day, the description of a vehicle and a man spotted near the scene of the murder, and around the time the murder would have been committed. A witness had seen a blue Astra-style car or van parked in a lay-by near the scene. The car had a man looking in the boot and was described as a Caucasian male aged between 30 and 40 and he was of a medium build with brown hair. 
He had no facial hair and was wearing jeans. They had also seen Kate and Gemma walking near this person. When the pair returned just five minutes later driving the other way, the man and Kate were no longer there, but the blue van slash car still was. I honestly couldn't imagine how the people in that car must feel knowing that they were likely the last people to see Kate alive and they had likely been looking at her killer. The investigation into Kate's murder was extensive and the police seemed to try to cover every angle to try and bring Kate justice. They had 150 officers working the case and they had received over 4,500 calls from the members of the public. They had taken around 4,000 statements and they went from house to house to make inquiries as well as fingerprinting 5,000 males in the hopes that they would find a match to her killer. They investigated over 2,000 blue vehicles by tracing and eliminating the drivers using the witness descriptions that they got. The police and forensic teams had managed to find orange fibres which they believed belonged to the killer because these fibres weren't found in Kate's home, but these fibres were found both on and around her body. They found that although her bottoms had been pulled down, after an examination they found that no sexual assault had taken place. This made the police believe that the person may have been interrupted during the attack. There had been a male seen at around 5.10pm walking his dog in the area, so it's very possible that the killer may have been scared off and although he planned to sexually assault her, his plans may have been disrupted. The police even examined Gemma the dog for DNA just in case she managed to get close to the killer. They managed to make some educated assumptions based on the circumstances of the crime. For example, the crime must have been premeditated because he brought the six-inch bladed knife he used to cut Kate with. He also might have been local to the area as it was quite a quiet spot for some dog walkers to take and someone who didn't live there wouldn't really know to look for it. They also got a criminal psychologist in to help to make a reconstruction to see if it would help them with their investigation. Kate's murder was also featured on Crime Watch with Jill Dando, who would sadly later go on to be the victim of murder herself, but that's not really relevant to this case, it was just a sad fact. The local newspapers would also try to help the investigation by distributing 2,000 posters of the case for people to report if they knew anything. They also offered a reward as an incentive. If justice for a little girl's murder wasn't enough incentive for someone, hopefully a financial incentive would be. The police have continued to try and catch this killer and the family and friends of Kate have continued to try and give Kate justice. Her brother Tim and her friend Nikki appealed for information on the 20th anniversary in the hopes that more information would come forward and more information does to continue to come in even to this day. The police had had three suspects, however, they were interviewed and released but you can see they continue to try and solve this case even 23 years later. The murderer would now be aged between 40 and 60 years old and he may be experienced with a knife as he knew how to kill Kate pretty instantly. He will also likely be a known offender and will have probably offended before and after Kate's murder. Someone probably already suspects him as he likely acted strange around this time. He may be a local person as he seemed familiar with the local area. And that's really all we have on the case of Kate Bushell. And it's really sad that Kate's killer hasn't been held accountable for his crimes yet but I think with the police efforts and the family's persistence of keeping her memory alive in the community, hopefully one day this case will be solved and it's just a matter of time. As always, I hope the family, friends and anyone affected by this case are getting the support they need and hopefully one day they can find closure once this monster is held accountable. Thank you for listening to Monsters or People. If you like my podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode and feel free to leave a review or tell a friend. Thanks, bye.